The Chargers could go defense in round one of the 2023 NFL Draft, and LSU's B.J. Ojolari could be an instant contributor while also being a great insurance plan for Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And today we're continuing our mock draft Mondays Getting into more first-round prospects for the Chargers. We're getting into another three defenders the Chargers could go with in the NFL draft in 2023. And we know that pass rush could be one of the things they're looking for. And that's where we're really kind of sticking things in today. We're starting with an edge rusher from LSU, BJ Ojolari. Then we have a very exciting pass rushing defensive tackle who's very, very undersized, but also brings some elite traits to the table in Elijah Kansi. Such a hard one there. And then just a physical freak, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. He couldn't start at Iowa for some reason. Would he make sense for the Chargers in the first round? I mean, he definitely looks the part. I think we can both agree on that. But let's start, I think, with one of the more exciting guys that we watch here. And David, this is a very, you know, fluid draft as far as where these guys are going to go, depending on, you know, which positions may have runs early. But the Chargers could have a chance at all three of these guys, including B.J. Ojolari, who could be, you know, anywhere from a top 15 pick to a second round pick, depending on where you look. But I definitely understand why people are interested and I understand why the Chargers would potentially look in this direction. Absolutely. I mean, it it doesn't take much watching the Chargers knowing that if you don't have Joy Bosa on the field, if you don't have Khalil Mack out there with somebody to kind of, you know, take some pressure off of him, that you need more in that room. And also just looking at the overall stats, the Chargers just did not get enough pass rush last year. And so they need to inject some more ability into that room. That's why it's important that the Chargers Make sure they look at all the pass rushers available in the 2023 draft. It is also cool, too, since we've been kind of breaking some of these dudes down over the last few years, seeing the younger brother of another player we liked a lot in Aziz Ojolari yeah. from Georgia a couple years ago. This is brother at LSU who had much less of a supporting cast, at least the last couple of years. But nice size. I mean, 6'2", 248. That's kind of the average of where you're seeing a lot of these edge rushers come in at these days. But Let's talk about the things that are really good, because I do think this is a guy that has a high ceiling. And one of the things I like it, and one of the reasons I think it makes sense for the Chargers is, like I said at the beginning, he has a chance, I think, to come in and be an instant contributor. I think he could be a situational guy, even as a rookie, right, while also getting to learn from two really good guys. And if he needed to come in, I think would be a much better option than what's currently on the Chargers roster. If Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack were to get hurt, which they have each in the last couple of years, you know, missed substantial games between the two of them, even though Cleo Mack stayed healthy all of last year, we saw what it looked like when Joey Bosa went out. So he makes sense as a guy that, you know, could play a big in a big role for the Chargers in 2023. And I think when you're looking at this, you know, and what to like about it, I think there's a lot to like. I mean, very, very fluid athlete. He was violent when he was trying to get off blocks. He never liked to stay blocked, which is something you like. And he was just really, really hard to latch onto, too. I mean, he's kind of slippery in that way. Well, also, David, with a guy this size, 
you're kind of worried about the run. But I mean, I thought for a guy his size, he actually played the run pretty well. A lot of it's getting around people, right? A lot of it isn't necessarily just meeting guys head on in the hole, but he was able to make impact plays there. So I think there's a lot to like about him. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the things that I'm paying attention to when I'm looking at pass rushers here is your ability to bend, to get around the to get around the tackle, to get around the corner. And this guy can do it better than anyone that I've watched so far. Like he really has that true ability to get low, to be able to really hunt that corner and, and just go after the quarterback. And so that's something that you really, really need that at the next level, because these tackles are so, so good. So you have to have something that you can hold, you know, really hang your hat on something to be your calling card. I think one of those calling cards for BJ Ojolari is that ability to really bend and get, get around the corner. And that's not really what the Chargers specialty is right now. I mean, Joey Bosa is more well-rounded, obviously, and much, you know, just as far as, he does a lot of things well. It's not like he's, yeah. you know, I, Khalil Mack goes more in like the bull rusher category right. as far as Power. his pass rushing moves. Joey Bose is more of a technician. He can throw a Definitely. lot of different things at you, and he's really, really good at pretty much all of them. Yeah. While also having, you know, the power and the strength to stay at the edge and keep contained and be a factor in the running game. With someone like this, you're getting, you know, a speed rusher that can really, really bend the edge for you and get underneath blocks and just cause havoc and get there quickly. I mean, quick yeah. wins is something that you saw a lot from him. I mean, getting past dudes quickly, especially with the quick passing game that you see in today's NFL, that's something you really, really need, are those quick wins. And he has a lot of those and you know, on his resume, a lot of close calls too, a lot of you know, altered passes, I would say, was a good way for it, right? He's disrupting a lot of plays yeah. in his time at LSU. I mean, it's the other crazy thing is just the fact that the dude doesn't even turn 21 until next month. Right. And that's one thing you were talking about before the show, right. Just adding youth to this position. But I thought against the run, he was pretty patient, right. He let a lot of plays develop. He was pretty disciplined as far as staying there on read options and a lot of motioning and things like that. He almost always stayed put to where he was supposed to be. Didn't run himself out of a lot of plays, but there's a reason he's also not a bona fide top 10 pick David. And there's also, a reason why, you know, it's hard to kind of fully sign off is just, hey, this is the guy for sure. Do what you have to take to get him. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it starts with, you know, he the size isn't exactly ideal. And, and I think that, you know, becomes apparent when you're looking at the running plays, can you know, consistently down in and down out. I do feel like there is a couple of times where he gets washed out of the running play. He fights. He definitely fights. But if he doesn't have that right leverage, he can definitely get moved out of the way. Um, also I feel like he needs to get better with his hands using his hands in his rush. I think that's something that at the next level can really kind of separate him and really kind of put, help him put things all together as really, you know, utilizing the hands. I mean, you see what Joey Bosa does with his hand usage and his ability to use that hand swipe, get offensive linemen out of the way, get them off their leverage, get them off their weight. That is something that I feel like if he adds to his kind of repertoire, it's going to really change the game for him and really make him a lot more effective. I think strength is is valid for sure. I mean, just as far as plays that are going right at him, if he's not able to get around blocks, it can be an issue for him. I mean, I thought he held that pretty well for the most part. I didn't see him get washed away a ton, but I see what you're saying there. I thought his hands were actually pretty good, especially compared to a guy we're going to talk about later on in Lucas Van Ness. I mean, definitely uses his length more to his advantage there because he has good length, was able to keep guys off of him for the most part. So I think there's a lot to like. He made some splash plays. You know, he had 
a lot of plays where he's getting these quick wins, even if it's not necessarily turning into big sack numbers like you'd want out of your he, Hey, he's got strong chase down ability too, Daniel. I like that like that as well. I mean, in this NFL when, you know, they're trying to stretch people out and really make defenders run, like he has the ability to to go out go out and go get people. So that and also, you know, he has some experience covering down in the flat, which is something that we've seen the edge rushers and the Chargers defense kind of have to do. So at least having experience doing that is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they probably dropped him into coverage more than I would have liked to see. Sure, obviously, but right. I'm not you know that's not going to be a big part of the grade for him, no. so to speak, for me. But yeah, I mean, it is nice to see him do that. He's a very fluid mover, but just as far as chase down ability with a lot of these quarterbacks, who can get the corner on edge rushers when they get away, get outside the pocket. This is definitely a dude who can chase those kind of guys down. Nice tackle radius when he goes to make a tackle, right? Pretty long arm, so. It's someone that I would understand if they went that direction. To me, it'd be more of a trade-down candidate, right? Yeah. You're picking up another pick. You're getting them in the late 20s, somewhere like that. That's probably where I'd feel a little bit more comfortable, not feel like I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. But, like, these are just the highest-level defenders at positions of need where the Chargers are right now. And we know that, yeah, their offensive needs are very big, too, and we've alternated offense and defense on different shows. We know they have a lot of different needs. The Chargers need edge-rushing help. And they're not going to be able to get a lot of it from free agency. They're not cutting Khalil Mack, right? They're not trading Joey Bosa. So you need other guys to get ready to give yourself flexibility if you want to move on from Khalil Mack after this year, to give yourself flexibility. If you need a pass rusher this year and one of those two guys goes down for an extended period, it's just a very, very shallow group for the Chargers right now. Getting kind of a blue chip prospect at the top of the draft at edge makes sense. 21 might be a little bit too rich. But the next guy we're going to talk about would be a little bit tempting as well because he would bring something the Chargers desperately need, which is interior pass rush. But of course, it comes with a caveat because it's that pick 21. You're getting him because it's quiet. You can't see and he's incredibly undersized, but it didn't stop him from wreaking havoc and racking up 14 sacks over the last two seasons at Pitt. So we're going to talk about the dynamo little guy who is constantly getting compared to Aaron Donald because they went to the same school and they're undersized. Kalijah can't see. Coming up right after this and what he could potentially bring to the Chargers defense. But this episode is brought to you by my favorite protein bar. And you guys know it is draft season. It's time to go BPA. We want the Chargers to go BPA, best player available. I want you guys to go best protein bar available. And I'm talking about built bars. And what makes them the best to me is the variety, right? I mean, we talk about guys being able to line up inside, outside. There's a lot of versatility to built bars because you go with the puffs. You go with the regular built bars. You go with built bar granola. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different flavors to choose from. But you need them to show up well at the Combine. You need the you know statistics, the next-gen stats to come in. And the nice thing is, this Built Bar is also checking a lot of those boxes as well. Most bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein, while also getting flavors like brownie batter and churro and double chocolate, coconut puff, cookies and cream. Those are things that aren't supposed to be able to fit on your diet. And that's why you got to go BPA, best protein bar available with Built Bar and save some money right now, guys, by going and finding a four-bar box at your local Walmart or even finding a 13-bar box at Sam's Club so you guys can figure out which your favorite flavor is. You're going the edge rusher of Built Bars. You're going the wide receiver of Built Bars. There's a lot of different options, but go to BuiltBar.com and you can save some money. Using the promo code LOCKDOWN15, you can get 15% off your next order. Let's talk about a defensive tackle here, David, because that is something... Probably a lower key need for the Chargers because of the money they spent there. Austin Johnson get a contract. Sebastian Joseph Day gets a contract. 
Morgan Fox, we will see, right? But as of right now, it's looking like a pass rushing defensive tackle is going to be a big hole on the Chargers roster without, you know, them being able to potentially go retain Morgan Fox. And it's been such a need for a long time. And that's why it was so refreshing to see Morgan Fox, just because it's like the last time we had seen six and a half sacks from a Chargers defensive tackle, it was like 15 years ago. That guy could be gone. There's a good likelihood after that big season, he's priced himself out of what the Chargers price range is. Yeah. Now, if you're looking at potentially using the 21st overall pick, there's not going to be very many defensive tackles you could target. But there is one guy who kind of breaks the mold in that sense, David, because he is super productive, has some elite traits, and plays a position of Dean for the Chargers. Yeah, Clyde Jacanti is definitely a guy that I can see potentially filling that Morgan Fox role because that is something that is such a huge, huge benefit for the Chargers last year, being able to get some pass rush from another direction other than your edge players, because that's just something yeah. that was completely non-existent for so, so long. So seeing that production potentially walk out the door, uh, it's, that's a hard pill to swallow. And, and you, you know, you want to kind of bring that production back. I definitely feel like Kalaja Kansi has some of the, the attributes, some of the things that you really feel like could do well in this, in this defensive front for the Chargers. And if we're talking about why it makes sense specifically for the Chargers, it just brings a different tool to the table than any of the guys we know that are going to be there. I mean, Sebastian yeah. Joseph Day, a lot of pass rushing opportunities and really couldn't convert at a high level last season. Austin Johnson, that hasn't been his game, and he got injured partway through the season. I mean, the guys that we know are going to be factors more than likely in 2023, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Braden Fajoko, Tito Abonia. Yeah. Those guys combined for three sacks on the interior. That's just yeah. not Run enough. stuffers, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, right? I mean, it's probably being a little bit complimentary. I mean, the Chargers can't really have too many run stuffers on the worst run defense in the league over the last couple of years. <laughs> at the same time, though, we know yeah. that they don't pass rush well, at least yeah. didn't last season, right? And unless you're getting huge growth and seeing things from these guys that you've never seen before, it's going to be a big need. And this dude is a dude that produces and gets a lot of wins on the interior gets a lot of pressures on the interior and had a ton of sacks on the interior, 14 sacks and a, you know, two collegiate seasons is a ton, especially for a defensive tackle, right? To get seven in each season, averaging seven. We're talking about the Chargers haven't had a guy who got six and a half in like 15 years. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you need to do it. You might not have Morgan Fox and this guy has a lot of things to like David, but unfortunately he's like six foot tall and he has really short arms, but let's focus on the pros right now as far yeah. as why it would be interesting for the Chargers potentially. Yeah, quick to get off the ball. That's one thing I really, really liked, um, and he's definitely a penetrator. I mean, he he will knife through blocks. He, he will use that quickness to really use that size, that leverage that he does have. He's lower to the ground. He's able to kind of use that to his advantage. Um, also, I feel like this is a guy who has really active hands, has a really strong swim move. So the way he kind of puts pass rush moves together with that quickness, with that ability to penetrate, those are all some things just right off the bat that I really did enjoy about his game. Yeah, he has the best hands of anyone we're talking about today. I mean, really, really advanced in that sense, lived in yep. the backfield of opposing teams, just really, really hard to cover one on one and just really, really hard for guys to get their hands on. I mean, dudes do yep. not hit this dude solidly. He's just such a nightmare and just so much quicker than the guys he's going up against is where a lot of his production came from. It's why he drew a lot of holding calls during his time at Pitt, because guys were constantly reaching for him and not being yep. able to kind of be in legal holding positions, basically. And, I mean, for a guy this size, 
not overwhelmed in the running game. I, I mean, I was really, really surprised. I mean, yes, of course, you know, double teams happened. He was double teamed a ton and he got pushed, but like not nearly as much room as you would think someone this size is giving up. And a lot of times was able to split double teams and things like that. And I thought well, underrated part of his pass rush was his power. He won some yeah. reps with just straight up power, being able to just, I think, be so much quicker and convert that speed to power on guys just not being able to expect it. A lot of a lot of quick wins, like you're talking about before, a guy who's going to probably rack up a lot of sacks for your edge rushers because guys are going to be trying to get out of the pocket because, you know, it's just the quickest way to the quarterback is a straight line. You're Always. Getting, you know, yeah. he starts off three feet away from a, a quarterback. It's going to be tough if he just beats the offensive lineman in half a second, which is something he was doing a ton over there. But like I said before, tiny. I mean, this yeah. guy, six foot one, which is more than expected. The part that scares me the most is the short arms, 30 and five eighths inch arms, two inches shorter than Aaron Donald, who came in with short arms. The only guy and one of the smallest guys in combine history, as far as arm length, the only guy under 31 inches this year. I think that's where the cons start as far as why you wouldn't be interested. Yeah, that's definitely a huge concern. And and I think the reason why it's a concern is because in college, one of the things that made him more valuable was the position versatility. You know, the ability to play inside over the center, over the guard, and then over the tackles. It just doesn't seem like with that size that he's going to be able to have that translate to the NFL game to be able to play on the inside and be a presence routinely on the inside. It just doesn't seem like that size will translate to that ability on the edge. Definitely. I can still see him making an impact there. Um, and yeah, he rarely got steamrolled. I feel like he had a good anchor, but he can be kept out of the play. I mean, I did see that a couple of different times of him kind of getting, you know, made a non-factor and being able to make a play in the running game. But I mean, there's not a whole lot of things that I disliked about him. I mean, I, the size is definitely going to be a, a big red flag for a lot of NFL teams. Yeah. And so he's going to have to show through his play that that's all it is. is just a red, red flag and not something that's going to show up on game day. Yeah, I mean, the athleticism is top notch. I mean, fastest yeah. 40 time, it's, I think, since 2003. But, like, how much do you care about your defensive tackles 40 time, right? right. That should be one of the lower things as far as the evaluation goes. You never want to get too caught up in anything that happens at the combine, right? Right. But at the same time, you know that this is something that's going to make him drop. Having that extremely extreme, like he has to be in a historic outlier to be good at the next level because guys this size aren't usually. That being said, I really liked what I saw from him. I mean, a lot of quick wins. I don't know if he fits what Brandon Staley wants to do up front, and I think that's an important part of it too. Right. One of the things, I mean, I think the the short arms are going to maybe even cross him off of the Chargers board. I mean, everyone has value. Well, they have so many extent. just gigantic dudes on that defensive line, just yeah. large, long, lengthy you can just see type of what guys. they value. You right. know what I mean? Like it, the thing is, is when you're running a lot of light boxes like Brandon Staley likes to do, you kind of need certain guys that can be two gap type of players that right. can you know shed blocks and and make plays in multiple gaps and, and stay really fit in the runs where, you know, you need everyone to be in the right spot at the right time. Right. It's not as much of like, guess Bradley wanted penetrators, right? And that's what right. like Jerry Tillery was supposed to be. This guy's like the anti Jerry Tillery. He has great <laughs> leverage because he's only yeah. six foot one. Right? right. So he doesn't, that's why he doesn't usually get blown off of the ball. Like, yeah, he gets moved for sure. But like, sure. He's not getting steamrolled because he's able to get underneath the guys in front of him because he's so small, which is a, actually yes. a really big advantage. But, man, I mean, he's a really, really interesting prospect because there's so, so much to like. 
that 21, it still feels rich because it's like that's like hoping for an outlier, right? Hoping that you can turn someone into, you know, someone as unlikely as Aaron Donald. Not saying that you get Aaron Donald, but I'm saying like getting someone that's that undersized and getting them to turn into that. I mean, there's a reason that Aaron Donald is the outlier because there's just not, there's no one else like him. No one else can repeat that. But I mean, this dude's putting up, you know, similar numbers at Pitt. He's putting up similar numbers at the combine. He's elite athletically. Next gen stats at him is the. Most he even blocked a punt too. Tackle. I mean, did that a couple of times. I mean, it's just he's affecting you on the defensive line, and he's able to make make plays on, in special teams as well. And we know that's another thing that Brandon Staley obviously greatly values. But did he block two punts in one game? Because that is something that we saw from the next guy that we're going to talk about, Lucas Van Ness, who is another really polarizing prospect because he's a guy that was not a starter in the Big Ten at Iowa. But yet, a lot of people think he might be a top 15 even pick. But, you know, some places have him top 15. Some places have him second round. He's a polarizing prospect. His nickname is Hercules. He definitely looks the part. We're going to talk about why we wouldn't be sold potentially, though, still at 21 on Lucas Van Ness coming up right after this. It's very hard for me to not want to put my stamp of approval on someone whose nickname is Hercules. Let's just start there. And just obviously, when you're talking about Lucas Van Ness, you're talking about a physical freak. And I think when you're talking about why would this make sense for the Chargers, it hits the same boxes, right? I mean, needing someone to be there to add to Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, to spell them at times, even to potentially get on the field at the same time as those guys, he makes sense, especially from a versatility standpoint. Did line up a lot on the inside, even though that's not where I think he's most effective. But you can kind of interchange him. You know, Joey Bosa can play inside too. There's ways to get three pass rushers on the field. That's the thing with both him and B.J. Ojolari, right? There's a lot of chances where you could see all three of those guys, and you could like to think about that. Lucas Van Ness, though, David, if you're looking to just get bigger, if you're looking to get stronger, if you're looking, you know, to be more physical up front and just to kind of be more imposing up front, I could definitely see why this is a guy you'd be attracted to. I mean, hey, you just look at the measurables, and I mean, they're exactly what you want. I mean, from that position, six foot five, 270 plus pounds. I mean, that's pretty much what Joey Bosa is right right now. I mean, 280, 285 probably for Bosa, but that's probably where the similarities stop between those two players. But yeah, he right. definitely looks the part. He has that ideal length and, you know, really, really long arms. That's something we were talking about before, 34 plus inch arms. That's incredible i mean that's one of those those features that you're like yep that's that's what i want check check right there i feel like he has a really good bull rush i think that's one of the things that i saw that i enjoyed about his game especially on the outside going up against tackles like he was really able if he got his leverage correct he was able to push those guys back into the quarterback's lap so i i did i did appreciate that also plays with very very good motor he does not quit he doesn't quit on plays. He's going from whistle to whistle, and that's something that you you definitely need out of your, out of your defenders. That's an attitude that you got to have. I like all those things. That is something he brings to the table in spades, especially when you look at him and you look at what you want your prototype to be. Yeah, you want him to look like that. Even though the scales have definitely been tipping slight as far as edge rushers and 250 is kind of the new norm now, and you have guys, you know, last year, guys coming in at 225 playing edge rusher, right? So that part of the game has changed and you want more athletic, you want more speed, you want more explosiveness. He brings that. I mean, he brings a lot of those things pretty productive considering he was a bench player, 13 and a half sacks in 27 games is a pretty good number. 
19 and a half tackles for loss in 27 games, which is pretty good. It's crazy that he wasn't a starter there. I mean, he was a second team, all Big Ten, even as a backup and lined up in multiple spots. He does overwhelm people with his bull rush. I think what you'd like to see is more because that really yeah. is his claim to fame right now is he looks like an Adonis. He looks yeah. like his name would be Hercules. Yeah. And he he does one thing extremely well. Like, I think all these guys have some traits where if you're like, yeah, if you're just looking at that one trait, or if you're looking for that one trait to bring on your team, this is a guy to bring on. Because if you want to talk about converting speed to power, that's what this guy does. You give him a little bit of a runway and he knocked, you know, a couple of first round tackles like Peter Skaronsky, right? Paris Johnson Jr. Really bull rushed both of those dudes and made them look much smaller than they were. But I think the thing with the motor is he definitely has it. I would def- I'm not going to take that away from him at all. But when you looked at a few of those sacks, a lot of them became because of those motor, right? Like yeah. a lot of them were clean up sacks, staying with it. Coverage gets there. Like it wasn't a lot of queen. I beat my man one-on-one and I get to the quarterback like that. Yeah. W- that polish wasn't necessarily there. So it's always good to have a great motor. But I think that's where you kind of see things and kind of what led me to think maybe there's not as much I do like about this guy is a lot of the sacks kind of came in situations like that. A lot of half sacks as well where another guy, you know, he's there to finish up. Would you need that guy? You want the guy to be there 100%. But at the same time, if you're talking about just more finesse, you're talking about winning these one-on-ones, great handwork, things like that, that's not going to be this guy's specialty. That's exactly right, and I think that leads me into my next point is he needs to add more moves to his pass rush. I mean, there's just not a lot of things that he does well. He's not a guy that can add moves together because you just don't see it. You know, you, you, you'd you think that a guy that size with that length would would utilize a swim move, would utilize yeah. the hand swipe. I mean, long would utilize a little bit yeah, the though, long yeah, arm, right? right. I mean, those are all things that we see you know, pass rushers at the next level with that size utilized to great effectiveness. I think you'd like, you'd think he would make more plays in the running game because of that as well. Right. Being having those long arms, being that physical of a person, like I expected to see more impact plays in that regard. You did, but what you did see, unfortunately is that you saw him on the ground way more (laughs) often than you ever should. And that was a huge, huge problem for me. You got to have better contact balance. You got to be able to stay on your feet. If you're on the ground, then you're not making any plays for anybody. And so that's one thing that he's really, really got to clean up at the next level. You got to stay on your feet. Yeah, because you just take yourself out of the play a lot of times. He did have one play where he tripped and totally ate it and got back up and still got out of the sack, I believe, <laughs> yeah. against CJ Stroud yeah. against Ohio State. But like, yep. yep. You know, and that helps. It's it's good to have guys like that, but it's not going to happen like that very often. No, I yeah, also that's thought a fluke. he was he had to he tested off the charge. That's what's going to make this dude sure. shoot up. I mean, even his you know short area quickness and things like that, he graded better than I thought. I thought he looked a little stiff to me. Not yeah. a lot of explosiveness as far as the vertical and the broad jump went, but as far as size, forty time, you know, short area stuff, he, he really graded well in a lot of that, but. Very poor on bench re- bench press, and I think that kind of shows as well. Even the bench press isn't something that, you know, it's not a perfect measurement. But, like, I think he needs the runway to be strong. Like, I yeah. think he needs to get the speed before he can actually convert it to power. Like, I don't think the functional strength is where I'd want it to be. To me, the biggest thing, David, was just for someone with that long of arms, like, just got held on to way too often. Like, oh, yeah. Just gave up his chest so, so often at Iowa. And then this is the other thing, right? Like, you're drafting a guy to kind of be behind Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. So this right. is going to be a guy who has time to develop. Sure. 
at the same time though, like stuff like that, it's like you're not using all your tool the tools at your disposal, right? Can you find those things? Is that something? Can he get all of those things at the next level? And that's hard to say. It's hard to say. And also, do you have the time uh, at this point in where the charges are at and where their aspirations are to be able to teach a young pass rusher when you need someone to come in and make an impact right now, especially if we're looking at taking this guy in the first round, the chargers don't have the time to watch somebody develop. If they're taking him in the first round, they need impact guys right away. And I don't know if you're going to get that from Van Ness. I think the thing with him too was like the stats make sense because like I saw him produce, but like to me too often it was just those splash plays and not mm-hmm. enough doing it play in and play out. Right. Like he every the, all the games I watched, he had a couple of really nice plays, but there was just too much disappearing in the meanwhile. Yeah. And hey, the dude kept getting taken off the field for the starters. Like he, right. he was put in a bad spot. He was probably pass rushed interior way more than he should the other thing is he's just super inexperienced you're getting a guy who doesn't have a lot of reps on the edge did pretty well considering all of those things like you know overachieved by a lot of metrics yeah at the same time you're getting a pretty inexperienced player you're getting someone that yes even though they might have time to season under joey bosa and in Khalil mac you want him to also be able to contribute this year and you feel like you know bj ojalari has kind of the bend to do that right and, and just could just get wins like that Mm-hmm. where he could get pressure that way. You think Elijah can see with that quickness could help you improve right now, especially in pass rush situations. Do you want a situational guy as your 21st overall pick? That's harder to say, right? I mean, it definitely has a value. How much value does it have? Or you could go power. So I think today we really kind of just went over what you're looking for. You can find one of those things. If you want speed and bend and just body control, BJ Ojalari is your guy. If you want quickness yeah. on the interior, Kalijah Kansi is your guy. Yep. If you want Lucas Van Ness, you're doing it for power and you're trying to add more power. But all these guys have drawbacks as well. And when you're talking about the 21st overall pick, all these guys are going to be flawed a little bit. You're not going to be able to find the perfect prospect. But next week, we will be starting to get more into just actual mock drafts where we'll get more into the second round, get into day two guys. We will get way more into draft coverage as well. But next week is free agency as well. So we have to start getting into that too. And Chargers don't have a lot of space, David. I don't know if you've heard, but they're $23 million <laughs> over the salary cap space, at least in the yeah, cap space. So coupon Tom is going to have to show up. So starting tomorrow, we're going to be getting into some bargain free agent options for the Chargers, trying to be realistic about some guys they could potentially bring in, maybe more guys with links to Brandon Staley, but get into offense and defensively this week before the Chargers ship out next week and try to make some moves they're going to have to make. They're going to have to find this year's Morgan Fox and Bryce Callahan and Kyle Van Noy. Those are the type of guys we're going to try to project to the Chargers. We're going to start that tomorrow. And to make sure you don't miss it, make sure – you go to one of the latest YouTube pages that just went over 1 million views in their career. The Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. Thank you guys for all of your support there. It's something like David put on Twitter. We didn't know how it was going to go. Can't fully express how much we appreciate, you know, how much everyone has followed us on that platform as well. And we always want to shout out the OGs who listen on the podcast and follow wherever they get their podcasts from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. We appreciate you guys as always. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, as well as the show's page at Locked On LAC. You can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. We will maybe do a voicemail show, fan mail show this week. If you guys want to call into that, you can hit us up at 323 
524-7924 and get your 30-second voicemail and 30-second question in and has a good chance of getting on the show. But starting tomorrow, we are getting into free agency, even with the limited dollars to see if there are maybe some guys who can come in and move the needle like some of the Chargers, you know, mercenaries did this season. And we'll see who they're able to retain from that. But they're going to need a new batch. We're going to be getting into it. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.